Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Luke Cohen and I'm joined by Denise Salcedo. How's it going, Denise? We have the people's heart, so it's going really good. <laughs> we do. We, you know, it was nice to join Team Last Place. It, it really was. I found welcome a good, to I found the a, loser's end. I found a good home with Team Last Place. It was a really great time. You had to be humble, Luke. After all of your <laughs> victories, you had to be humbled. So I brought you back down to earth. <laughs> I consider I this a favor. <laughs> you had to be humbled. Yes, I <laughs> had to keep you humble. <laughs> I and Sheik over here. Uh, but anyway, let's, let's get into the main show itself. Talking about Alistair Black, we've got a packed old mailbag, random old mailbag as usual. Here is the show. I was going to say happy Thanksgiving. How was your uh, your holiday? It was really good. It was very simple. You know, I was just me, my grandparents, and my fiance, which is totally different from all the previous years with you know my entire family. So this time we you know we had turkey, we had stuffing, we had uh, macaroni and cheese, and uh, mashed potatoes, and and cake, and all oh, flan. We had flan, and uh, you know it was just flan a nice flan. time. It was pretty simple. Or as we would say in Britain, flan that flan. Uh, we flan that flan. flan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we're going way off topic already. Less than a minute into this podcast, as per usual. But do you guys then have turkey again for Christmas? No. So I'm Mexican. So because of that, we end up having tamales for Christmas. <laughs> I don't know what like non-Mexican people eat for Christmas. I think they have ham. I think ham is the okay. thing. But the Mexican yeah. tradition is to do the tamales for Christmas. We don't do them for Thanksgiving, though. 
I have heard of a Christmas ham, so that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that's my American pop culture brain has heard the term Christmas ham before. That makes sense. I feel like people get to learn so much culture on this podcast from both you and I. Oh, right. Wait till we get to the mailbag. Like the first five questions are about like languages. But before we get into that, let's talk about our main topic of conversation here. So this was a news report that came out this week uh, that uh, came from Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer Radio. That's WWE have essentially uh, forgotten about Alistair Black. Um, they, the higher ups, the people in charge, don't see anything in him. They don't see uh, what level of talent that he really is. They just see him as a guy that's on the roster. He asked to go to NXT. They said no. So he's now just sort of stuck on the main roster. And looking back on his main roster run, like Ollie and I, when he first came up, said like they kind of made an error right from the off by putting him in a tag team with Ricochet. And it's just like, why are these two lads in a tag team? Like, this is not how you debut Alistair Black and Ricochet on the main roster. And from there, he went on this singles run that was just win, 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 win. But there was no storyline, no substance behind any of it. He was just sat in a closet waiting for someone to knock on his door and nothing ever came of it then finally it was like oh brilliant something's happening here he's turned heel two years into his run he's now wearing tights and he's feuding with kevin owens then that just stops he moves to smackdown no longer feuding with kevin owens it would appear and hasn't been on tv since like what and it, it's i don't I, there's quite a few that you could say with this but i think alistair black is one of the biggest dropped balls in wwe in the last five years I completely agree with you 100% on this. If I'm if I'm looking at the roster of the people that I have and I'm just going to be plucking people out based on just, you know, what we know so far of this, if I'm the person in charge and Alistair Black is on my roster, I will tell you that given the selection, he would be one of my top 5 guys where I'd be like, "Okay, we're going to put a we're going to put a major emphasis on him. We're going to have a lot of storylines built around this guy and we're going to do something with him not only does he have an impressive skill set but he also has a great look and not even that let's add the entrance even the entrance for fun you know we, we wwe you know being larger than life and having a great entrance is part of what gets over with the fans and that's even something that he had he had a good look good gear everything the guy has everything going for him so it's completely uh i don't understand why they never did anything with him one of my dream matches that i wanted to see for alistair black and not just dream matches but actual storyline I really wanted to see Drew McIntyre, Alistair Black. When I thought of two guys who I thought would have a killer program together, these were the two guys that I envisioned. And I remember putting this tweet out and I remember thinking, oh, this is such an obvious tweet. Like every, this is not even a bold prediction. Everybody knows that we're going to get this down the line. And I was wrong because after this, like you said, we just got Alistair Black on the Raw roster who had like several, I don't know, weeks or months of just beating up, you know, jobbers jobbers just winning these matches that really had no substance and no meaning he did have the whole knock on my door situation which got incredibly annoying really really fast then he was involved in the whole Rey Mysterio Seth Rollins storyline for some point there yeah. yeah and then that was really weird too he came in came out you know a couple weeks there then he gets the eye thing and then he goes into this weird thing with Kevin Owens and never even has any sort of implosion 
And so they really have dropped the ball on Alistair Black. And he is definitely, I hate to say this because I hate to be that person that, oh, if this person was in another company, you know, he would be doing so much better. I never like to say that, but I think Alistair Black might be the guy that I might have to make that exception with. Yeah, I, I mean, like the, the Kevin Owens thing, they had a, they had one match on Raw, I think, that was like, but it never felt like that was, like you said, like it never came to a full implosion. Like it never felt like that was the conclusion to the storyline. It was just like that was almost the first chapter in this. And Alistair Black is the kind of guy that you can debut in a pretty simplistic way because he's got a killer finish. Like you just do like the big cool entrance with uh, get rid of the creek for starters on the entrance because it just it makes it sound like there's a TV show here in the UK called Trapdoor. Like I used to watch when I was a kid. That's all I can think of when I hear it is the bloody trapdoor entrance. And so you kind of get rid of that. Just walk down to the ring. Black master top star instantly that's your star made right there like we way way back in the day uh ollie and i used to do these fantasy booking videos and one of them that we got was pitched to us was alistair black's debut and it was in the lead up to cena undertaker at wrestlemania you know when cena was like calling out the undertaker calling out the undertaker when undertaker wasn't responding i was like what you have here alistair black answers the call instead just walk down black masses john cena and pins in one two three that's your wrestlemania match it's not even a match it's just he pins john cena with one move instantly you've got a top guy right now like that is you have established him in a main event scene he is a top star and that's the cool thing about Alistair black like you said he's got a cool look he's got a cool entrance he's got a cool ass like like style about him he is a cool dude but it's i i kind of struggle to find a reason as to why you would look at him and be like i don't get it other than the fact that we know that vince is never massively keen on tattoos i guess like he's never been sort of been that guy but like that's probably about the only thing i can think of all that and like he's always said that he doesn't like people who can't cut promos but i think black's got a pretty decent promo about him i think if they gave him something better than hey come knock on my door we yeah, might right. actually get a decent promo out of the guy or hey like okay even if let's say let's just say okay he can't cut a promo let's just say that that's the argument to me, when you have all of these other factors going for you, it it almost it doesn't seem like we, we can focus on something different. OK, you know, we can get a manager, whatever the reason may be. It just it, there really is no actual reason as to why Alistair Black was essentially overlooked. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And like, so we've just had the news that Zelina uh, Vega, uh, Thea Trinidad, has now left the company. It's uh, Alice Black's real life wife. So that has kind of led some, a lot of people, we had this in the mailbag last week, and people were like, do you think that Alistair Black could leave as well? I was looking on Fightful uh, for like their contract tracker. Alistair Black's contract details aren't currently that known. So I think at best guess, we can say that he is under contract until 2022. So he is probably looking at a 2021 where he's just staying quiet, just staying quiet, just doing what you're told. And then when your contract is coming to an end, don't renegotiate a new one and then leave. But like, if I'm Alistair Black, if I'm Tommy End, yeah, I'm I'm probably thinking about moving on to past just new. I'm not just thinking AEW, but like there is a plethora of places where he could do amazing work. Coming back to the UK scene, he could do some great work over here. There's a lot of opportunities. He's still, you know, he's, still young he's still got a lot of time left on his card uh but it just it really bugs me and it irks me that there is nothing to be done with alistair black we quizzlemania was this past wednesday you and i put it in i i'd, I'd say an admirable performance um, we did the effort was there i think i think we got screwed <laughs> We basically we dropped the ball when it came to Sherrod. That's where we failed. Okay, that was that was all me. That I, I failed I, yeah. on that one. Yes, I did. I didn't do particularly great on it either. Um, I just so, stood there and started laughing. 
I had a meltdown. What you saw there was a public meltdown. In all fairness, we got like the the kennel from hell. Like I didn't know how to act it out. I really didn't right? know what to do. But the the, the point I was going to make was where we had like the the you know polling a hundred people when we did Family Fortunes, like. Alistair Black's Black Mask came up in the best finishers of all time. There is still an appetite there from WWE fans for an Alistair Black push. Like that move, the Black Mask was voted above the pedigree. You know, above the the 619 sharpshooter. There were so many others that we all would have guessed were going to be up there first. I think I even had, I had some random ones that I thought Black Mask wasn't on my list. No, it wasn't on my list either because, like, the guy's never on TV. But that move is still, it's so over with people. And it's, there is a simple formula with Alistair Black that I think that you can just strike upon. Um, but yeah, I mean, so to answer the ultimate question, do you think that he should leave? Unfortunately, my answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, same for me, uh, unfortunately, as well. Um, so we can't go through the AEW NXT uh, ratings for this week because it was Thanksgiving. The ratings have been delayed. I think they might be coming in sort of like an hour or so's time, but by the time we're recording this, we don't know uh, what the, the ratings are. Uh, but I thought that uh, AEW was a pretty solid show. I've heard mixed things about NXT. I've not had a chance to catch up with you. I had such a busy day yesterday. Um, but what did you make of both shows? So they were both really good. I thought the best segment on AEW was the whole Taz Cody segment. I thought that that was fantastic. And I thought the best segment on NXT was that main event ladder match. It was fantastic. And, you know, one of the things that we've been hearing a lot is people say, well, not people, but on Raw, basically the whole, you know, uh, WrestleMania caliber match, WrestleMania main event caliber match. And part of me was like, man, last night's NXT match was not a WrestleMania caliber match, but it was a pay-per-view caliber match. Um, But I do want to say, like, I said this even on my show. If if anybody didn't watch that NXT main event, I thought it was really good. Oh, man, I'm going to be checking that out today if I can find some time. I've got a really busy day ahead of myself. Um, I also need to remind myself to email you because we're doing our end-of-year polls for uh, so the WrestleTalk podcast. We'll be doing our um, best matches, best pay-per-views, and best wrestlers of 2020. And we're doing things a little bit differently this year. In previous years, uh, Ollie and I have just made separate lists. Then we have done sort of like collated lists together. Uh, This year... We are including the entire WrestleTalk family in our viewing. So all of our website writers are voting, all of our editors, all of our moderators, our social media team, uh, our, uh, online uh, on-air talent. And we're going to be sending it out to the extended WrestleTalk family. So I'm going to be getting uh, sending it to you, to Sean, to the friendos, uh, to Brian, uh, Queen of the Ring, and get all of your thoughts on it. I can give you some slight teases of Ooh. what is going on at the moment after we've had 20 people come in. Um it's a t- it's tight at the top of to what is going to be the best pay per view of 2020. There's only eight points separating first and second, um, and it's 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 an interesting thing. There are two WWE shows that have made it into the top ten. That's my little tease for you there. Uh, I'm excited. For, when it comes to wrestlers, only two ladies have made it into the top ten. I think I can guess who those two ladies are. <laughs> I won't say now, but I can guess them. And. Uh, top match is we got one runaway winner but there has been sort of like and it has been like consistent for what for a top match top match yeah oh okay there's been one consistent one that everybody voted yeah that's like their favorite oh okay i think i know which one too for a second i was (laughs) like wait there was quite a few that i remember really enjoying but then i remembered a specific one oh yeah 
Um, the the rest of the one was very interesting actually because there was one guy who was like running away with it as like the best wrestler of the year and then for like six uh nominations like six votes came in where they didn't vote for him at all so he totally fell down the card and now he's starting to climb back up again so he is now sort of almost neck and neck with another guy for who the top wrestler uh, according to wrestle talk is for for 2020 it's been very fun uh, okay yes i need to get this email you 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 got me all excited here i'm gonna leave this show and start voting now (laughs) Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons.
<laughs> okay, right. Well, let's dive into your patron mailbag. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers on Patreon at any dollar amount. Leave a comment in the community tab labeled mailbag. Do not email me. We'll just lose it. Bad at my job. And it's language corner to kick things off. I've, I've grouped them all together this time. Um, <laughs> okay. Oh, Juan Villalona, mate. Like, honestly, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm learning here. Uh, but Luke, Misona Fabrota. Favrita, favrita, maybe? Read slower. You can read slower. Take your time on this one, Luke. Okay. Uh, mi persona favorita. Yes. Espero que te gusten las lesiones. 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 I'm guessing that's lesson. Yeah, less lessons. Lessons, lectures. Uh, I get, I do get Dora the Explorer vibes when Denise is teaching you. It's awesome. Today, I've got random vocabulary for you to pronounce. So, um, Oh, this one's going to be hard. He gave you double R's there. Oborido? Uh-huh. Is that, okay, so that's Wait, bored. say that one more time. Sorry. Oborido? Aburrido. Aburrido. Oh, right. Aburrido. Um, which is bored. Which is bored. Uh, aguacate? Aguacate. Aguacate. Oh, close on that one. <laughs> Avocado. Um <laughs> Pinguino. Oh, that one wasn't bad. Pinguino, yes, pinguino. Nailed that one, mate. Um, <laughs> triangulo. Yeah, triangulo. Uh, triangulo. Triangulo. Oh man, I can't, even I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to be the quote-unquote expert here, and I'm botching that one. <laughs> okay, this next one, by the way, this next one that he's on here, I've never said this word in my life. So good luck on this one, Luke. Oh, dude, you're not supposed to be my teacher here. Okay, so it's the Spanish word for platypus. Um, <laughs> Orentorquino? No, Orentorquino. So whenever, I don't know a word, just break it down like slowly, like slowly. So, or in, uh, on, on e torinco. So it's orni. Torinco. Ornitorinco? Ornitorinco. I've never said platypus. I've never had to say platypus in Spanish my entire life. Um, well, we've got a different shakeup here from Dan because he's going to try and teach us German instead, um, oh, which is fine. It's not Spanish. I feel pressure being your teacher because I'm not in because <laughs> it pressure. There's, there's still two more to come yet. Uh, but Dan has got some German, which is fine, Dan, because I got a B in German at GCSE. So I'm actually pretty good at this. So I can already say, um, uh, Guten Tag, my name is Luke. I can already do that one. I, um, ich habe einen Bruder. I've got one brother. I can tell you that much. Um, ich habe einen Brune hair, I think, because I have brown hair. <laughs> I, I have no idea remember. what you're saying right now. No well, idea. Okay. So he's instructing it so he's like, Guten Tag is hello. Guten Tag. <laughs> Guten Tag, yeah. Or it's just good day. Um, and my name is. My name is. <laughs> I'm name sorry. Is... <laughs> I can't do German. It's I've never spoken German in my life. Okay. Well, he's given you sort of like, um, so down there, he's got one that's designed specifically for you, which is, ich finde Taylor Swift total genial, which I think is genial. I think that's how you say it. But which is like, I, I think Taylor Swift is totally genius. Ich find Taylor Swift total genial. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. First off, it's, uh, if you like, ich is, is I. So like, ich find a raven gut is I find raven great. Ich find Taylor Swift. <laughs> 
<laughs> Why can't? Like, I, total denial. Eek find. All right. I quit Dermot. I quit German. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Denise, whenever you speak a different language, you go even more Spanish. Like, you <laughs> So there's no hope for me. It's just two languages. That's it. That's, That's all I can do. I don't know what it is. Like my brain just can't go that. You know what? My brain can't go very many different directions. Like whatever, whatever my brain has learned thus far in all my 28 years of life, it's not taking in any new information. It's done. <laughs> Okay, Alan Monzin says, Hi, Team Danuk. Hope you're doing well. I just wanted to thank Luke for counting to his numbers in Spanish. That it was funny that he heard five Cinco twice and that he'd made it to seven. Uh, this that was week, funny. I I pronounced uh, colors. Uh, so, rojo is red. Wait, no, it's rojo. Ro ah, rojo. Not rujo. Uh, azul. <laughs> azul. Azul. Uh, verde. Verde. Of course, I know that one. I know salsa verde. Um, yeah, salsa verde. You've had it. I've had. Oh yeah, we make salsa verde all the time. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah, very, very. Well, I was about to say adventurous cookie. Just making the salsa. Um, amarillo. 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 So, for a second, okay, I went. Is this the way to Amarillo? That's what I can see there. Um, <laughs> nanara, um, nanara, nana, nana, nana. <laughs> Naranja. <laughs> na, na, na. <laughs> Which, by the way, that's how you would also say, like, just like orange the color and then like orange, like the orange fruit would be the same thing. Okay. Which I uh, think everybody maroon. would know that, right? I don't know. Uh, maroon. Uh, maroon. Maroon. Okay. Um, morado. Yeah, that one actually you did pretty good. Morado. Blanco. I know that one. Good job. Um, Negro, uh, because again, you had women in Cara were feuding with each other, and they were um, Sincaro Blanco and Sincaro Negro. I remember that feud. Uh, and Greece. That's great. Yeah. Okay, uh, and you did the last three pretty good. It's just your R's. You get confused with the R's and the N's. I think that's where you're struggling. Mm. Uh, that sounds about right. Um, and lastly, from Frank in Language Corner, um, this is a Spanish tongue twister. It's I picked the same one. I helped my little cousin to help her learn her R's. Oh, good un luck on this one. Un perro rompe la rama del arbol. So it's un perro rompe la un perro rompe la rama del arbol. Okay, I did pretty good. I felt like un perro rompe. I think I'll give you a five out of ten on that one. Okay, <laughs> you got to work good. with the R's there. You got to work with the R's. Do you know what he's saying by any chance? Oh wait, yeah. No, do you no. want me to tell you what he's saying, or do you not want yes, me to please. tell you? Yes, please. What was it? Okay, so he's saying that you like to kill puppies. What? No way. You can't get me to say that sort of thing on a podcast, man. I'm Come just on. kidding. Oh. <laughs> That's not what you're saying. Um, he's ah. saying that he's taking that a dog's taking a branch from a tree. <laughs> Didn't you notice I was lying? I was trying no, to think of a lie. Like, you told me, like, what is he saying? And I was like, oh, I don't have anything planned. I had that moment where I was like thinking, like, what would be really bad that like he would feel bad about saying? Oh, I mean, I just instantly I just thought, I mean, it's a wrestling fan that's sending in a question to a mailbag. The bound to have made me say something bad. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't gotten any that were bad. 
Uh, Andy Buckley, uh, also thank you to Jamie Shields who sent in very similar feedback. Trying to clarify uh, the discussion we had last week. We got so much feedback from people about the the school system here in the UK, the differences in the heads of the US. So much. I would say of everything in last week's show, this is what most people got in touch with us about. Yeah, my Twitter feed, I think I got like, I got several people explaining to me the whole education system because it was very confusing. And I think you and I were both very confused. Okay, so here's what Andy said. I could only uh, answer your confusion over why it's called sixth form. Uh, For what I'm going to do is to show my age as to how it was when I was at school. Okay, so what in the US is called elementary school, grades one through eight, ages five through 15. In the UK, it's called primary school. It's to split into infants year one through three, uh, which is age four to five, uh, depending on blah, blah, blah. And then you move to junior school, which is seven till eight. Uh, seven or eight until 11 then you move to high school 11 to 16 uh which is one to five then after sitting your exams year five you either left school and started working when it's the sixth form for two years before heading to university so to simplify primary school and high school years they changed it to current years one to 11 to cover both schools to get rid of infant junior and high school's individual classes but decided to leave sixth form as it is as to why it's called sixth form i hope that clears it up it really doesn't andy um <laughs> So my head is now spinning after typing that, trying to get it correct. Sorry, Andy, I'll never understand it. Someone sent a chart, and I thought the chart was the most helpful because Mm -hmm. you can see it directly compared versus grades and years. And that chart, I thought, visually really helped me out. I got to go through my Twitter feed and see if I find it again, but it's somewhere in my Twitter. Okay, right. Now we may have some wrestling questions. Uh, Dwayne the Grong Johnson, if you go back in time and change any moment of wrestling history or prevent it from happening, what would it be? I think the most famous one would be 1997 Starcade, right? Wouldn't you have to say that? God, I didn't even think of that. You're absolutely right. Like, Jed, get that that main event right. Like, that is such a good... That's such a good answer. There's a difference. Normal count and then fast count <laughs> there you go oh man what a toxic place wcw was like nick patrick would be like oh i thought i did a fast count bollocks lad you knew you knew you were doing a regular count dick and unfortunately um, it just made both sting and bret hart oh. look really really dumb the only person who came shining out of this one was hollywood hogan Oh, absolutely. <laughs> As per usual when it comes to WCW. Yes. That is such a great answer. Like, I don't think I've got a much better answer than that. Because, like, you know, the, the suggestions that Dwayne gives is, like, the Montreal Screwjob, the, you know, curtain call. But, yeah, Star K97, get that right. Because that really could have helped, like, in terms of, like, you know, WCW's credibility. Because a lot of people saw that and was like, oh, God, what is this finish? Um, God, that's great. Such a good answer. I'm moving on. I'm not going to do any better. Brian <laughs> Heath uh, says... Excuse me. Uh, Danuk, uh, I'm going to start giving you life questions because Denise changing her mind mid-answer is always fantastic. Uh, I changed my the... mind mid-answer? Oh, yeah, that I mean, one the... time I did. Yeah. Uh, but what is the key moment in your life where you realized you want to do something in wrestling journalism? Now, I'm going to start off by, on this by saying that I don't think what I do is wrestling journalism. What? I, uh... How is it not? Well, I'm not a journalist. I'm like so you're I, still like I a just, personality. You're still talking about the news and your report. You're talking about yeah. the reports that were being made. But I'm just giving my thoughts on things. Like I don't think I'm. I, I think if I was to be a journalist, I would be making a report. Like I would be, you know, like like what Louis does for us. Like he is finding out news and things like that, and he is passing on. Whereas I think I am just basically just commenting on that news. I parrot Sean's news. I, I parrot Dave Meltzer's news. 
Yeah, like this more like a difference between like investigative journalism and then, yeah. you know, being more like a see, I I, I don't know, because I see myself more as like a I see myself more as a host versus a mm -hmm. journalist. Because yeah. again, I don't do like the investigative work like somebody like Dave would do or Sean or Louie or, you know, people like that. So I don't do that. And so I agree with you in that sense. But in terms of, you know, still studied broadcast journalism, though, and I oh, decided, yeah. yeah, and I decided I wanted to do uh, wrestling because I was always a fan and I didn't think it was possible. And then I started seeing that I might just be able to do something in this. And I kind of just, you know, went for it. I was going to say, yeah, I mean that more for me sort of personally. I know you're an actual proper journalist because you've got degrees in it and stuff. Like I, <laughs> Yeah, and a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people think that I'm just like a YouTube personality. And I'm like, oh, no. no, like I went to school. I studied, like I did the works, you know, I really did. Yeah, Denise Altedo has got credibility. Denise Altedo has got She's got pedigree behind her. Um, I am just a lad. Like I, I did a basic media course at university. Uh, I call it a Mickey Mouse degree because it was absolute nonsense. Uh, the university. Now you need some Mickey Mouse tattoos. <laughs> to go along with my other crap tattoos I've got. Yeah. Um. But like, yeah. So I, I got a Mickey Mouse degree. I um. I've always just sort of worked within sort of like an online space. Like even when I was working regular jobs, I was writing for film websites. Uh, I was writing for wrestling websites. So I've just always been a guy that's like to sort of share opinions and talk with other people about things. So but I guess there wasn't really a moment. I've just I've always sort of done this. Like I've been podcasting for fifteen years. So wow. like, it's just always something that I've done really in my uh, you know outside of my work life, and now it's just become my work life. Yeah. No, it's pretty crazy. Like it things I just feel like just happen. Like I believe I'm a big believer in destiny. And I think that whatever is meant to be your future, somehow, some way, like you will find that direction there. And even like journalism in my school was broken up. It wasn't just like journalism. No, they separated. It was like print journalism, broadcast journalism, which was what I studied. Then they had radio, TV, film, which was a whole other major in its category. So they really broke that thing apart. So like my like broadcast journalism, my main focus was like writing for TV news and learning how to produce a broadcast and, you know, reporting from on the field. And so those that's why like video is more of my strength versus, you know, I don't know, like doing a 5000 piece article, even though I, they did, you know, obviously teach us that in school. My strength is more in, in video. Yeah, it was really interesting. You talked with Sean about that recently when you were talking about how like you sort of see yourself more as like a, a video host as opposed to an audio uh, host, which I found really interesting. Like, do you do you see to consider it to be a very different skill set? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because like writing for video is totally different for, you know, writing an article. Like if I'm going to put together, you know, a piece on instinctsculture.com, I'm going to write it totally different than I would if I was making a video for, you know, my YouTube channel, Instinct Culture. Like it's just the way you write and the way you present things is different than you would in a print article, in a news article. Uh, there's still a lot of the same elements that are obviously incorporated into that, but there's different stuff. And I just, I think my strength is more of like visually seeing a video of come together, like piecing it all together. Mm -hmm. That's more of like my strength, like the creative, like the producing part and just kind of like bringing it to life and just, you know, all the visual elements of that. And I never thought that I would be good at something like that. But once I actually started my channel was when I really realized like, okay, like this is, this is my thing. Like, this is it. I, I found my thing. Finally, after years <laughs> of searching, I finally found my thing. And it works because I feel like obviously video, you're able to show a lot more personality. You are in write in writing as well, but you got to be like a really incredible writer. And it, it's also, you know, different styles of writing, you know, what you're writing on the news is totally different from, you know, a creative piece or, 
you know, whatever. There's different types of writing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lawrence uh, says, um, I know I have asked a similar question a while back, but I think it needs repeating. How is WWE making money in this pandemic? Without pay-per-view buy rate money, no live gate, no merch money from touring, no Saudi Arabia, how can this company still uh, say it was its best finance fi uh, fiscal year? Is there an actual way to find out those numbers? Yes, there is. Uh, WrestleNomics, because like because they're a publicly traded company, they have to release these numbers. So we have access to them. I highly suggest following WrestleNomics on Twitter because whenever they do the WWE financial, you know, the quarterly reports, they break it down in such incredible detail, like to give you everything you need to know. I'd also recommend the Wrestling Observer newsletter for that as well because Dave breaks it down like a, he does incredible deep dives into everything about this. Uh, Lawrence continues, um, are the TV deals really that good to sustain full payroll at the ridiculous thunder? the dome hardware cost um this is what i did for a living before um coronavirus and none of these numbers are falling into the right boxes aew's press release numbers are more likely true but i'm thoroughly convinced wwe is lying their tail off uh please share any of you you have no i mean they have to as a public trading company they have to give you the right information and yeah the tv deals are that good that they are making bank you literally said everything I was going to say. It's legit. I know a lot of people are like, oh, WWE, they always lie to us and this and that. They can't lie about this. They would literally be sued by, you know, they would be sued. They would be in very, very heavy trouble with the law for doing this, especially lying to their investors. And again, you mentioned they are a publicly traded company. And again, they can't lie about that. And you see that in the quarterly numbers. You think the numbers, they don't lie. And the, the TV deals are legit. And the thing that I found really interesting, particularly from the quarter that just uh, came out, they are making more money from merchandise this year without live shows than they have in previous years with live shows. Like they're because they don't have live shows now, the dot com sales have just skyrocketed. And are they having making, more sales? Is, is yeah, that happening? Having, so they're having more sales. They're doing better numbers now on merchandise than they were last year. Which I find a staggering because the whole point of doing live shows was a to get the live gate, but also to sell the merchandise. Do you're getting like dollar per head? Now they're getting dollar per head without doing the live shows. Do you shop on WWEshop.com? I I have not bought a wrestling T-shirt in in many a year. Um, I have done it in the past though. See, I I never got my merch from WWEshop.com. Ever. If you know, I got a wrestling t-shirt. I strangely enough got it from like Spencer's or uh, I got it from like the live events. And so I'm not used to shopping on WWEshop.com for merch. So it is a little bit strange to me. And obviously I do shop on pro wrestling tees because, you know, there's just such a big library of different wrestlers that are on there and you can, you know, buy from. So it is very interesting to me to sort of find out that, hey, they're making a lot of money with merch in that sense. And that's pretty cool because it could be scary. You know, that's a big issue that, you know, not having these live events, you don't have the people there buying, especially because when you're there at the event, you know, mom's there with her kid and, you know, kids like, please buy me something, please buy me something. And you kind of got no choice but to buy your kid something. And I'm that kid. My uncle would always buy me whatever I wanted. We would go up to the line what do you want? And I'd be like, I want that t-shirt. I want that thing in there. Can I get something else? Yes, you can. Okay. I'm going to take the program book too. And a lot of families, you know, they're like this. And so it is pretty interesting to me that they are essentially turning to the online version and shopping more online. Yeah. I think it's, 
it's crazy how much money they've made this year. Like it is, I mean, aside from the fact that your touring costs are so much less because you're in one place, like that is completely reducing down the cost that you're spending. So the Thunderdome is a much cheaper way of doing uh, the TV than traveling city to city because i mean you're not paying your truck you're not paying the talent to travel but you've got to pay for all the trucks mm -hmm. that carry all the equipment to travel so yeah there's, they're saving money hand over fist with that on top of the fact that their tv deals with usa and fox are so strong that yeah they're making absolute bank on things at the moment and when they announced the price that they were paying for at the Amway Center to do the residency there for the however months they were there, I was pretty surprised at how low that number was to me. I mean, I don't know the prices for this type of stuff, but I was expecting it to be a lot higher. And I thought, man, for that price and they're getting all this time there, I call that a yeah. win. Absolutely. It's a win. Uh, Callum, uh, I'm Dean I've got a confession to make. I've never seen Friends, but... Good news. I'm going to start watching it soon. So I'd like to ask, is there an episode to look out for? Try not to spoil it because Adam, uh, I, I asked this time about The Simpsons and Adam spoiled the entire first few seasons for me. <laughs> Sorry, Callum. That's terrible. Um, I that hate when that fun. happens. My grandma spoiled The Queen's Gambit for me. She spoiled oh. the whole series. I was like, why am I even watching this now? I still watched it, but still. I haven't um, seen it yet. It might be on our weekend watch list. Uh, yeah, you should watch it. It's pretty yeah. good. I won't yeah. spoil it for you. Don't worry. Um, you, friends episode. There's watch all of them. They're all going to make you cry. And there's I mean, not, not cry. Excuse me. Laugh. There is one episode, but I can't say what it is without spoiling it. That I thought was their most dramatic episode. And Ooh. it was very, very dramatic. Their most dramatic, most serious episode. I'm giving you the eyes to see if you know what I you're was talking about. Say, like, you, but it's so vague. Like, it's like no. Okay. The wax. Do you remember the wax eating the wax? When the wax is being ed in the, in the room and there's something oh. else going on in the living room. Right. That yeah, yeah, episode yeah. is oh, my. Yes, of course. I love that episode in terms of like seriousness. That's my favorite episode. But in terms of like comedy, I've mentioned before, it's the one where Ross gets the weird tan. Uh, for me, the episode to look out for my personal favorite episode um, when they are quizzing each other on who knows the most about the other. Chenandler like, Bong. <laughs> Actually, it's Miss Chenandler Bong. Oh, yeah, Miss Chenandler uh, <laughs> Bong. God, that was like my I was Monica in that one for the for the Quizlemania. <laughs> it's that's my personal favorite episode. Also, I Mike's my wife. <laughs> this is a fun little story here. My wife, um, uh, you know, we've been in lockdown for a while. My wife has basically completed Netflix. Like she has watched everything because she works in the living room. So like she has stuff on in the background while she's working. So our neighbors are a bit loud. So there's a way to sort of drown them out a little bit. Um, so she's watched like everything on Netflix. She's watched everything on Amazon Prime. Like she's just, she's completed TV basically. And she then graduated, I man. She, she, they needs to give her a degree or some sort of trophy or something. And so I walked into the living room the other day and she was watching Friends on Comedy Central. And I, I said to her, I was like, oh, so that's what it's come to now. You just, you've completed Netflix. You're just watching Friends again. And she was like, no, I'm not. It's just on. Like, I'm just, it's just on TV. And that's been the same way for the last three weeks. I walk into that living room, Friends is on TV. My wife, she won't admit it. She's just watching Friends now. She's just all watching over, Friends again. All over all again. Over, all over again. And it's the same episodes all the live long day. Uh, but there was an episode yesterday uh, that I absolutely love as well, which is Chandler in a Box. Uh, oh yeah yeah a lot of thanksgiving episodes yesterday uh for obvious reasons yeah but yeah so 
If, please let us know what you thought of Friends. I could talk about it for a while. Uh, Timothy Perry, this is my first post as a patron. I've recently joined up and subscribed since January 2017. Uh, not ashamed to say I've seen every video you guys have ever made since that date. And I do mean every video. My question is, do you think AEW does not produce enough baby faces? I love the product and I think they're doing amazing work. Excuse me, but after Hobbs' heels turn—sorry, after Hobbs's heel turn last week, it got me thinking. I realised there are a lot more heels or tweeners on the show. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. But what is your thoughts on whether a? Excuse me, sorry. Uh, whether AEW should push more babyface characters uh, to go up against the heels tweeners? You're incredible people. Thank you for all the work you do, Tim. Thank you so much for your message. I think they've got loads of babyfaces. Like, they got the some roster. very strong ones: Moxley, Cody, Hangman, mm -hmm. Cassidy. Jo Jurassic Express, best friends. I think they're fine on that sense. Yeah, I think they've got like a, they have got a good spread. They have got a lot of, of heels, but I also think there's a lot of baby faces to be going up against them and those sort of those tweener characters as well. Um, yeah, I, I think that I, I would disagree with what you've got on that one, Tim. Um, Connor King but says, We still love on, you, Tim. <laughs> but we, yes, absolutely, we do. Uh, Connor King says, uh, Based on all the mixed reports and the statuses of live shows, do you think that WWE will actually continue to put on live shows once it's possible again or just stop them completely? Uh, do you think it's possible WWE would only put them on to try and counter AEW? So this is kind of ties into what we just had about the sort of uh, the fiscal reports and the sort of numbers and stuff is, uh, and some people have speculated on this, that WWE may just stop doing house shows because they've realized that they probably don't need to do house shows anymore and whether or not they would just stop them outright. I do see that as a very strong possibility. I think one of the things that COVID-19 has taught us is that we can do things a lot differently. We don't have to do the things. It's forcing us to make changes. And I think some of us are seeing the pros and cons of whatever changes we're making. And I think WWE is definitely seeing the pros right now of not necessarily doing all of these house shows. Yeah, because like really the, the idea of house shows is just it's sort of an antiquated thing, really. It was just like it's touring around so you can get uh, WWE into certain markets and to, you know, get that sort of product out there. But really, you could just do that with Raw and SmackDown as a as a touring show. You don't need to do these house show loops and just making people work three like like when uh, uh, Moxley left WWE and Seth Rollins was doing those promos or doing those interviews and stuff saying like, well, the problem is that Moxley couldn't handle the schedule because we work like 400 dates a year. And like, you know, you know like Seth Rollins saying that as like, it's a good thing. I'm like, dude, you shouldn't be working 400 dates a year. Like, that's insane. And you're doing three shows a day that's yeah that's insane like it's too much it really it's is too much. much yeah you don't need to like like run your talent ragged uh, and it feels that. weird though it almost doesn't feel like it's that many dates because like here like in LA I think we would get like a couple of house shows and, like not even that many and then we would get like several we we got a lot of raws we didn't really get any like smackdowns or anything like that we got a few obviously a couple of pay-per-views but it didn't even feel like that many and I thought to myself man you would think with all of those dates they'd come to LA more often but you don't realize how many cities there really are you know throughout the United States but whatever it's just it's crazy i mean just ask ross when he's trying to name all of the uh all of the states yeah otherwise exactly he get, otherwise he can't name turkey dinner um <laughs> Mark, so fun fact about that i didn't get the, you know the, the the joke at the start of the episode where joey's just like 58 and uh, that's the joke is he named 58 states i didn't get that i didn't know how many states there were i was just like you were no like idea. okay yeah sure whatever, sure, 58 whatever. States it is <laughs> 
What a funny you guy should do this. You should do. Have you seen that meme going around where I think it was a German guy who like tried to guess or tried to name like all the states on a map and he just like wrote them out but the results were like really hilarious because he had like <laughs> california then he had the yeehaw states and then he had like new york somewhere over here or oh is it florida and he was trying to like pinpoint them all it was hilarious oh my god you need to do that it's so funny okay. yeah because i i don't think i could name i don't think i could name every state uh, i live here and i can't name every state that's <laughs> embarrassing that should also tell you how bad our education is here and they don't really teach us geography <laughs> Uh, Marcus Sol Campbell said, um, who do you think uh, the best wrestler turned TV actor is? Or what is the best TV role by a wrestler? Um, I was trying to think about sort of like, like back in the day, it felt like you always you got a lot of like wrestler cameos on TV shows because like wrestling was this really popular thing in the early, like late 90s, early 2000s. But the one that springs to mind for me is The Rock appearing on that 70s show. Where I was he- going to tell you that one. I just, yeah. so for F4W, I do these Twitch commercials where I do like fun trivia stuff. And I did a trivia for The Rock and it's like movie career and stuff like that. And I did one where that was one of the questions like, oh, which TV show does he appear on? So I was re-watching it and I couldn't stop laughing at like, he's basically like, <laughs> when he says that one day my son is going to be the most electrifying man in sports entertainment and then Red Foreman is like yeah okay good luck with that yeah yeah it sounds great man <laughs> i, I like think that ken, one too that's like ken shamrock in that episode as well it's just the, the really angry wrestler he's <laughs> just like and jeff and matt hardy doing a bit of a wrestle it's a good episode that um yeah yeah so i think that that's the one that always brings to mind for me of like a wrestler appearing on a tv show austin did some good stuff as well but yeah that that for me but like the rock's always going to be the answer the rock is the best wrestler turned actor like that is just that's an under, undeniable fact did you ever see his hannah montana one when he was on Hannah I, Montana. I have, I have never seen an episode of Hannah Montana, I'm afraid. Okay, well, just go online and find the clip of The Rock on Hannah Montana. It's hilarious because they essentially make him into a woman. They do his hair, they do his makeup, they give him jewelry, and he looks so funny. Is it, um, is it a Disney show, Hannah Montana? Yeah, it's a Disney show. It's with Miley Cyrus where she plays that she's like living the double life and she's a pop star, but then she's also like a regular girl. It's yeah. every girl's dream. So everybody watched it. All the wannabe pop star girls watched it. Me. Because <laughs> I am. Um, I used to work in a toy shop um, when I got out of university. So like I were so I kind of like I know of Hannah Montana. Like I've never seen it, but I was sort of like I'm sort of aware of it. But I was more of a high school musical kid because oh I, no. I, well I see because I worked in the in the the girls' toy section of, of this toy shop. So like I was you know like restocking the shelves and stuff. So I kind of got to know a lot about High School Musical. Plus the the toy shop that I worked in uh, got sent one CD every three months, and it had one? and it had fourteen tracks on it. And those 14 tracks would just loop. So I would hear the same song. Oh, I see, I see what you mean. Yeah. So I would hear the same song probably three times a day for three months straight. And there was always a track from High School Musical on there. So I probably know all of the words to High School Musical 2. And I think I've only seen, and I, before I'd even seen the film. That's they had a very hardcore fandom. I watched the movie and I was a big fan of Sharpay, but I never really became a high school musical fan. I want fabulous. It is my simple request. All things fabulous, big and better is best. Sharpay is 100% the best thing in that film and that whole series. 
You need to be on a Broadway show. That's it. That's it. You are. You need to star in the Phantom of the Opera, Hairspray, <laughs> Mamma Mia. I don't care. This needs to be. You need to switch careers. Switch careers. I'm gonna go to High School Musical, and I'm gonna play. If I'm, I'm, I'm playing Sharpay. If we're doing a High School Musical, like Russell Talk does High School Musical, I'm, it's Sharpay or nothing. You should do like a reading. I think AEW is doing that. They're doing a reading of. Uh, oh, what are they doing a reading of again? Oh God, they announced it on Twitter, and they're doing like a reading, and like an act, like they're recreating. Like, oh really? Oh, yeah, that, that would be a really fun idea for for Russell Talk. Pick hmm. something, recreate it. It's a good idea. I once, when I was at school, uh, I auditioned a Christmas story. I think that's oh, what they're doing. Yeah. I am um, at school. I once auditioned for Little Shop of Horrors um, because I was I was a theater kid. So I, I did like drama outside of school. Like it was like an extracurricular thing. I was a, a proper like proper theater brat. And um, I auditioned for Little Shop of Horrors uh, for the school production. But I only wanted to play the dentist. I wanted to play the Steve Martin role because he's got the best song. I am your dentist. Like I, that's that's the only role I wanted to play, and I didn't get that role, so I didn't do the play. I just didn't do. I didn't do any other role. Did you get any like, role? They would basically just like you could do like you know bits here and there, but I was like, I, it's the dentist or nothing because wow, high demands. Well, otherwise, like I'm just gonna be there. You're like, well, that's the song I want to do. Like, I think I don't you're the do real anything. Hollywood Hogan. I know, right? Like, what an absolute theater brat that I was. But for me, it was like, it's the dentist or nothing. He's got the best song. When I was young and just a bad little kid, my mama noticed funny things I did. Like shooting puppies with a BB gun. I'd poison guppies, and when I was done, I'd find a pussycat and bash in its head. That's when my mama said... What did she say? She said, my boy, I think someday you'll find a way. And yeah, I, I, it's it's brilliant. I'm at your concert. This is, this is now the Luke Owen concert. <laughs> you all got tickets. Congratulations. Yeah, this is this became way more musical than I ever thought it would do. Uh, Dre Smith says, uh, hey, Ross Talk family, thank you for your wonderful content. I was wondering about the Jam That Championship. Since the company's champion has responsibilities to show up, uh, show off the title, uh, if someone other than yourself or Mr. Davis holds the title, does that mean they'll have to show up on more WrestleTalk live events? Or does Mr. Davis think Lukewarm Luke Owen is the only person in the company that can beat him in predictions? Well, I mean, it looks like El Fakador is coming after the belt. So, Dre, he's got new challenges uh, ahead of him. I'm not going to be going for the title at TLC. I think I've my automatic rematch clause did not go through. Uh, I think I'm going to have to It's going to be a while before I get my shot again. Uh, Jobba JJ says, hello, Team Danuk. My question is, do you think all of the women will eliminate themselves from the Royal Rumble so that Lana wins the Royal Rumble? Have a nice day, Jam That Jam. I hope not. <laughs> That's my only think, answer. Do you not think they'll do the spot where, like, Nia lays her out through a table and then, like, they eliminate each other so Lana wins? Oh, you're telling me I got to see this all the way through to January? <laughs> I don't want it anymore. I'm, I mean, I know... I know I'm gonna, but I don't wanna. <laughs> Dude, January's just around the corner. Like it's December in a couple of days' time. Like it is, it'll be January before you know it. And I get lazy in the month of December. Like I get like <laughs> I want to celebrate the whole month as the holidays. I don't. I don't want to start work till January second. <laughs> uh, Chris Smith said a few episodes back. Denise mentioned that she can't imagine you dancing. My question is: Has she seen the WrestleTalk dance off from Wrestling Media Con? If not, then surely a live reaction must be incoming. I said that, that I can't imagine you dancing. That is so it's rude. Because, it was because we talked about, uh, it was me at my wedding. And uh, I, you know, you see, I, I think you might have said, I can't imagine what your first dance would have looked like. 
and to be honest like it was it was just it was like every other every person's first dance i think <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> well i didn't mean it i'm sure you're an incredible dancer oh, oh i'm not like it is uh, I'm, i can very much tell you that i'm not uh i would have loaded the lip sync dance off punishment that we did at wrestling media con but it's uh so Streamyards um upload limit is five minutes and it's like five minutes 54 so i can't load the full thing to show you um what i can do though, but i would I love to see that definitely i can share my screen though huh hold hold on hold the phone all right let me see if i can sync this up uh, share so, the screen share okay, the screen we're sharing screen sharing screen this is a first for um we actually haven't done this sort of share screen stuff on uh the rest of podcast before oh this is exciting i mean it's all coming this is gonna be phenomenal oh my god oh my god No. <laughs> I feel like Ollie was born for this. He was meant to do this. Did you forget the step? No, I was meant to go third. Like it was meant to be Laurie, Ollie, oh, then me would jump. Oh, I missed. You forgot the steps. No, I missed way more steps. Like there are other points where you could be like, yeah, I definitely missed my cue there. <laughs> that bit was intentionally meant to be that we were meant to jump after each other. But yeah, that was. It was a good old time. It was uh. Uh, that's yeah, incredible that was... i love that i love that you guys even like had like the guts to go out there and do that because that is so incredibly embarrassing uh yeah i mean it was so we lost uh the the predictions war against cultaholic for SummerSlam 2018 it would have been and um it was funny because i was talking to to ross from cultaholic about it and he said he goes if we'd have lost i'd have just quit the company i would have just like because i was never going to do this and so it's like it's a good job you guys lost oh my god but it's fun though it's like a once in a lifetime experience like something you gotta do oh i cannot tell you like ollie was riding on such a high uh from all of that like he, he looked like much... he was a pop star waiting to happen i think that's what he should have done <laughs> but we had a um we did another live show like a couple of months later at the prince charles cinema and ollie's first thing he said was like oh should we do the dance again and i'm like dude we can't just keep doing the dance at every live show <laughs> You know what? Tell Ollie. If he wants to do a dance, a live show, I will gladly be his backup. He, he tells me every now and again. I will again, let him be the star. He goes, I just watch it every now and again. Like, because I, he, he, he goes, I just love it. Like, what a great time it was. Um, I'll send you the link to the full thing because we like, we yes. ride around on seg we ride around on segways and everything. It, it was, it was a lot of fun. Anyway, uh, Mark Jones and Chris Duncan had a very similar question, uh, which is on Raw this week. Adam Pierce inadvertently said, Drew McInfart, uh, which got me thinking about other comical instances of people calling wrestlers the wrong name. Do you think it's the funniest misnaming of a wrestler you've ever heard? Doesn't matter if it was deliberate or not. Uh, and I mean, it was either Chris or Mark pointed out uh, Regal calling um, Umaga Umanga. You manga. What, um, I don't remember. What did AJ call Umberto? He said something really funny when Raw. It wasn't like on purpose, but it was really funny. 
I can't. I don't know about that one. But the, my uh, my favorite is um, AJ Styles was meant to say it was in TNA was meant to say Sting, you're wrong, and instead said Stink, you're wrong. Yes, yes, that is. And I like the fact that it's always it's always AJ Styles. It, I think it's like do you think it's like the accent or it's just like I don't know what it is. But like we did the um the, the Survivor Series memories video recently, and like my big like gambit was I said that like uh, oh um. Sean was a dick, Brett was miserable, and Sting and, and Vince was wrong. But I actually sound like I say Vince was wrong. And it just made me think of <laughs> like Stink, you're wrong. Yeah, I get that. Uh, mine is actually when Mike Adamley said uh Jeff, Jeff Harvey. Oh, poor Mike. Oh, and he had more. Man. That wasn't his only one. And I, I can't yeah, remember no. all the other ones, but dude, I that guy was bad. Bad. Yeah, no. it, it 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 got really sad because it kind of came out later on in life didn't it that he had um god what did he have oh he i didn't know about that something. yeah Does like it really? came out yeah it came out later that he suffered i can't remember what it was now but like it came out it was like years and years later after like because like WWE, like they they drove that into the ground like they made him raw general manager because he was bad at talking and like to make him sort of go out there and like they put him on commentary because he was bad at talking because they thought it would like to create sort of moments like that and they they had it in like the funniest moments and, and all this sort of stuff and then it came out later on in life that he had like yeah i can't remember what it was he suffers from something and that's one of the reasons why oh. he used to say like names wrong but yeah it was i felt really bad oh. about it because i was i was that person who used to be like oh man do you remember that yeah, I feel bad. I talked a lot of trash. <laughs> I'm a trash said. talker, Luke. I'm a trash talker. It's fine. We all said it. Uh, Simon Gange, after full gear, I remember Luke saying that he was going to have uh, going to ask Denise what she thought of the tag match between the Young Bucks and full uh, FTR because she's not a fan of FTR. Did I do it? I don't know if I did this on another show, but what did you make of the Young Bucks versus FTR? Did it make you a fan? It was okay. It was a match. Denise. That's all I gotta say. And I've Louie went on Twitter and was like, This is the greatest match I've ever seen. I was like, Louie, Louie, calm down. You need to calm down, Louie. It was a match. It was fine. It was a match. I've seen better. <sighs> Spitting fire, Denise Salcedo. Uh Matthew McCoskey. Louis gonna hate me because I know he listens to this podcast and I'm throwing <laughs> shots here. <laughs> Uh, Matthew McCoskey saying, first of all, I'd like to say shame on Denise for not knowing Raven versus Kane versus Big Show is Luke's favorite match. Uh, Luke is directed towards you, but I'm curious about what it is uh, about that match that makes you a favorite. Oh, Matthew, I could talk about this match for probably longer than the match itself. And now actually we've got a podcast about this as we reviewed WrestleMania X7. It's the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. A, you've got Big Show, Raven and Kane in the match. That's three reasons why the match is great. B, it's a hardcore match that goes like throughout the building. They have, they built, they purposely built like offices for them to sort of fight through. And it's these cardboard things. Raven gets thrown through a window. It's great. And then Kane and Big Show, like King Kong Godzilla, start fighting through these styrofoam walls and crashing through things. There's a golf cart. Like they 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 play Super Mario Kart for a bit. It is the greatest match of all time. It's so, so great. You know, I feel like you make me like that match much more, just like hearing <laughs> your passion on it. I feel like you've just made everybody like like whatever level people were at with it, like it, it at least went up a couple of notches. Everyone should go back and recheck out that match. It's the best thing ever. By uh, the way, I'm never going to forget. So don't change your favorite match because if we ever get that question again, like I'm going to remember this. It's going to go on my grave, on my tombstone. It's going to say, I still remember <laughs> Luke Owen's favorite match. That's it. And what was really bad was that everybody knew, like everybody on the show was like, 
okay. Like everybody, everybody knew and except me. And I felt so bad about it. So bad. We've never had that conversation. Like, I don't blame you for it. No, but they said that you said it on every show. And I was like, has he really? Because it comes up in Pennsylvania a lot. Here's the thing, though, is I feel like we get asked so many questions. And sometimes, like, you know, we answer different things. So maybe, you know, like things kind of get lost in translation sometime or it all becomes one big giant blur. Dude, I don't blame you. Like that game was rigged against us. Um, uh, he also thinks he also wonders um, who should face Drew at WrestleMania. Uh, Matthew's pick is AJ. Hmm. I think that that would be a really great pick. You know what? I'm gonna go with that one too. I think that's a good one. Do you know who my pick is? I'm who? picking Seamus. I think you can tell a he long. That's pretty story- convincing. Yeah, I think you could tell a pretty long drawn out story of the like the friendship between Sheamus and Drew and build that into a big sort of like blood feud style thing for the title. I think there's a lot of mileage you can get in that. His match with Matt Riddle this week I thought was really good in the sense that I knew Matt Riddle was going to win, but part of me was sort of, I found myself rooting for Sheamus. Yeah. Uh, Abnab, I was watching the re-watching the Royal Rumble 2020 and I thought of something. WWE is blamed for overpushing certain ideas down our throat, even though we don't like it. But do you believe the end result sometimes making the overpushing bearable? And it's a complic- way, complicated way of asking the question. So to give an example, Brock's run in the Royal Rumble was quite a stretch and some people believe it was overextended, but the result was Drew winning and it made more of an impact because of the overpushing of Brock. Another one is Roman's heel turn. He was so much, he was pushed so much in babyface that his heel turn feels more fantastic i don't agree more with the second one because i think you could have done this uh, heel turn with roman years ago and it would have had the same impact um as this one has had but the the brock example we said that at the time we said that during the show that brock being in the rumble for so long made drew's elimination of him so much bigger and therefore drew winning the rumble so much more impactful i actually i think the royal rumble is a brilliantly booked rumble match that they did this year I agree with that. And also, I just think that it depends on the situation. You know, I think those the the Royal Rumble, the Rome and the and then the Roman thing separately are two totally different things. So I really think that it just depends on the situation. And it's like all those things. I think, you know, when there's a certain group of people being really loud with their opinion about something, sometimes it feels like that's the majority. But in reality, that's not always the case. It just so happens that their voices are a lot louder. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's always the loudest ones that you hear, even if it's the it's the vocal minority that you're exactly exactly. The only thing I didn't like about the Royal Rumble was the the Kofi thing. Like, I think just Kofi coming down and just getting just completely squashed again by Lesnar just uh, did like nothing for him, really. Like it just if anything, it just cemented the fact that Kofi is no longer in this title picture. Like he is he's a tag team guy again. Yeah, I felt bad for anybody who got their hopes up because they did fool us for a second. They they really did. And I've, yeah, we had a lot of people in the chat, like we, we were doing the live stream for it. And a lot of people, when Kofi came out, they were like, this is it. This is the moment. And he just gets completely jobbed out. And I'm like, yeah, that, that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. Uh, Trevor says, I'm not sure what your feelings are towards this, but I hate the Blue Universal Championship. Felt like the title is cursed. I was excited that Balor was the first one, uh, was the first one since I was a huge fan of his, but it went downhill from there. It's just got a terrible history. Balor gave it up the day after winning it. Goldberg buried The Fiend and Kevin Owens to win it. The, fest, uh, the fans turned on Seth Rollins during his reign. Brock held it hostage twice. Mania 34's main event. Braun's terrible reign. People booing it out of the building when it was revealed. The list goes on. While Roman is doing great with it now, I can't help feel that the worst title in pro wrestling history is the Blue Universal Championship. Do you agree? 
I wouldn't. I don't think so. I wouldn't say I agree with that statement. What about you? It's not a, it's not a great run, I, I would say. I think it's like I, I enjoyed Kevin Owens as champion, but it was just he was just holding it until Goldberg could win it, really. That's what it almost felt like. So maybe um, it was just like the way that it's been sort of tossed around. That's exactly it. Like, I, I don't think they have wanted to push it as a top title, but it's never felt it. The mm -hmm. first time it's felt like a top title is now that Roman's got it. Like that now makes it feel like it's a top title. Um, LJ Mickey, we've got a few more that I just want to get through before we end up this show. LJ Mickey, uh, first of all, sorry for my broken English. I'll try my best. Dude, have you listened to this show? Like, it's <laughs> you do not have to apologize for anything. Um, it, it's a non-wrestling related question. Is there a cultural thing in the UK or US that you have difficulties explaining to people who visit your country and think it's a bit weird? For example, I live in Finland and our Independence Day is December 6th and we spend most of the evening of that day watching presidential Independence Day reception on TV. It takes three to four hours and half of that is just the president shaking hands with every guest when they enter the presidential castle. It's usually about 2,000 guests. It doesn't make any sense, but it's the most watched TV show every single day year this year is the first time since world war ii that we don't have that tradition because of covid19 that's very interesting i didn't know anything about that yeah, yeah i don't think it's weird at all like that i mean i suppose it maybe i may think it's slightly because i i think if the queen had a show here where she was just shaking hands with people actually no, do you know what screw that if the queen had a show where she was just shaking hands with people it would be the most watched thing here as well I would watch a show if it was like 13 hours of Taylor Swift just shaking hands with people. I would sit there and I would watch it and I'd be jealous of all those people, all those 13 hours. Yes, queen. Um, yeah. <laughs> Do you think there's anything weird for you guys? I think ours is very, very, very obvious. I think the weirdest thing about us is that we are just not not on the same page as a country. We're just so different. So like there's so many people here that are just it's very complicated here. We actually, we brought this up again on yesterday's show, but um, we, me and Ollie used to make fun of the World Series because it's not Why? the World Series. It, well, it's not the World Series, is it? Like, it's only America that competes. It can't be a World Series if it's just one country. And somebody emailed in was like, well, Canada's involved as well. I'm like, cool. So like, it's basically the other America is involved. My fiance is a big time sports fan. I would love to know what he would have to say about this. <laughs> Because I do see why you guys would laugh about that. But then yeah. I also see why people that are big fans of baseball would necessarily get all wild about that. Yeah, I think it's fine to have a baseball tournament, but I just don't think you can call it the World Series. <laughs> I think like it's have... because I don't even football know has... what the correct answer for that would be. Football has the World Cup because the world can yeah. for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See, I don't know what I don't I don't know what to say on this one. I, I pass on this <laughs> one. <laughs> and for any Canadians, I don't mean uh, you're just the other America. You're part of North America. I think it's part of North it's part of the North American continent, isn't it? Canada? Yeah, it, yeah, it is yeah. North American continent. <laughs> but Canada, is, Canada is Canada is way better. That's all I'm going to say. Um, well, uh, yeah. I, I was gonna I was gonna say because like I think part of me still gets very defensive. I still have that like in thing like defend America, but at the same time, like dude, our country has been trash. <laughs> like there's not much for me to defend here. It's been going down the rails. Um, the other thing I could think of is like every Christmas we have the Queen's speech where the Queen basically just sits there and she just gives an address to the nation. And I don't think it's the most watched thing on the day. It usually does pretty well, but I think it like gets outdrawn by soap operas. Do you guys like really love the Queen there? Like, do you guys like really love her? Or is it like you have to? 
Well, I think that people outside of the UK probably love the Queen more than we do. Like, I think that because we, there are royalists. A friend of mine is a very big royalist. Uh, she, like, she loves the Queen, loves the royal family, and also the, the, the grand and prestige goes about it. Me, not that asked. Um, it's cool that we've got one, but I'm I'm really nonplussed by it. She's lovely at all, but I, I, I'm not really that. I'm not I'm not that asked to be honest. <laughs> They're not going to take your head off, right? If they hear you <laughs> saying this on the air, like you just said, our queen was lovely. That's it. <laughs> we're ta- we're taking your head off. <laughs> you know, I might be a bigger fan of the royals than you are. So I love 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 Kate Middleton. Love her. I have like a big picture of her face on my wall because I am just so fascinated with her in terms of like how she is, her personality, her hair, her clothing. Like I, in my mind, keep telling myself that's the woman I want to be when I grow up, even though I'm already grown up and have not got into my Kate Middleton status. But I love Kate Middleton. Kate's great. We all love Kate Milton. And we, you know, we do get a national holiday when there's a royal wedding. We get a national holiday so we can go off and we can spend the day watching the wedding. When there's a, like a baby, a royal baby, it becomes big news. Um, like my wife gets really annoyed by it because she's like, why are we still talking about the fact that there's royal babies? Like who cares? Like who cares? And I'm like, people love it because it's like the next, it could be the next potential king or queen of this country. Um, but yeah, like, but to be honest, I mean, this may get me some heat. I'm more of a, a Meghan Markle guy. I think she's way more interesting uh, of a royal because she's not a royal, is she? She's the outsider. Yeah, she's the rebel. That's the rebel. Her and Harry, way more interesting. And I love uh, Will. I love Will and Kate. But I think Harry and Meghan, they're, they're the wow. best. Wow, so you're team. I love Meghan too. I really do. But I'm team Kate Middleton on this one. Wow, we finally found something we do not agree on. As much as I love Meghan, I got to love Kate a little bit more. <laughs> My favorite thing about Kate Middleton is that she was like positioned as just like, oh, she's the, uh, the the street trash that's walked away. I was like, no, she's not. She was already rich and like, <laughs> like she was already wealthy and stuff. She was already in the high society. Luke, I read fan fiction books on this. I went to the library and found fan fiction books that were about Will and Kate, okay? And I was so obsessed with it. And in my head, I was like, I'm going to find a prince and I'm going to marry him. And like me, like me of all people. And so I think that's part of the reason why Meghan Markle is like so popular because it was like something that like, you know, it happened for her. Yeah. There was a, a girl I used to work with who uh, her job was basically to be a, uh, a Kate Middleton impersonator um so like she was like a blogger about kate middleton she like all of her fashion was modeled after her as well she got like interviews and stuff that like our local newspapers and actually national newspapers used to interview her about sort of like her opinions on on kate middleton and she was like yeah she was a kate middleton lookalike that is fantastic i wish i had that job (laughs) (laughs) okay two last questions to get through flaming clive uh do you think that vince mcmahon owns a cat or a dog i personally think uh with his schedule it's a cat because dogs are more demanding of time and attention I see him with a fish. Yeah, that's good. And it also, if you could own any animal from WWE, who would it be and why? That is, I can't even think of a single wrestling animal outside of the gobbledygooker. And I don't want the gobbledygooker in my house. That would be really, really bad to have in your house. I don't know. I can't even think of something. Yeah. Maybe that, I don't know. I don't have an answer. No. Um, and lastly, Abhiram says, uh, why do you think the WWE tried to kill the one full chant? Uh, because it wasn't something that they came up with and they don't like fans having fun. Or the fans getting over. That, <laughs> which, yeah, is that's, really, that's... which is really weird. <laughs> really weird. And very lastly, uh, who do you think has had the better career, Jericho or Taker? 
I think I don't think you can compare their careers. They're two different, two different uh, uh, bananas and potato chips. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, if, if I was to answer the question, it's Taker. Like it's, it's a Taker has 100% had the bigger career. So you had a good Thanksgiving then? It was a nice time for you. It was really good. I ate a lot. I should have eaten a little bit more, though, I think. But I think part of me was like, come on, Denise, like you shouldn't eat this much. But I could have eaten more, I think. Okay, right. So what, what was on the table? Okay, so this is what I ate. I had, so prior to the whole Thanksgiving feast, I had potato chips. And then I had, for the actual feast, I had turkey. I had stuffing. I had bread rolls, five cheese, bacon, mac and cheese, potatoes. And um, afterwards, I had choco flan, which is a flan with a chocolate cake that was covered in walnuts and chocolate. And then after that, I ate more. I had a cup of pineapple and coconut ice cream. And then I had an extra bread roll before this podcast. So I oh, think wow. I, and then I had three Diet Cokes. So um, maybe I shouldn't have eaten more. <laughs> I really kind of like for like the rest of the night, I was thinking, should I go for an extra bag of, you know, a little bag of hot Cheetos? But then I was like, no, I could go for an extra bowl of stuffing. And I was like, no, I can go for an extra bread. So I went for the extra bread. The the mac and cheese thing, I think, is always the thing that's kind of like thrown me off uh, about Thanksgiving. Because we don't, Friendsgiving here, where we're like, well, we're going to do mac and cheese as well and sweet potato mash um along with like, but then we always like, you know, we combine it with like, you know, our roast potatoes and, um but like, you need gravy surely like if you're gonna have a uh, turkey then you need to have lashings of gravy over it but gravy and a cheese sauce like on pasta surely that doesn't mix i don't think it matters i think you just mix it all in like today i was oh. i dipped my turkey in butter <laughs> <laughs> just for fun because we forgot the gravy this year we usually have gravy but i think like because this time it was you know not like a big family gathering i don't think we put like oh, we have to get the gravy too. No, like it was just, you know, like, okay, we thought of the main ingredients and then we forgot the gravy. But um, but yeah, like I, so I needed something to dip my turkey in. So I dipped it in the butter. And then afterwards, what I did is I got the turkey and I got the mashed potato and I sandwiched it together and I ate it together like that, which was fantastic, a breakthrough. And then afterwards, everything just became a blur. I just mixed everything like soup. Oh, oh. it was fantastic. <laughs> Oh, now my stomach hurts though yeah, it's like it's the idea of gravy and cheese and also because you've got like the carbs of pasta with the carbs of potato like it just it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's a complete meal i don't know i don't know the answer to that i just know that it was delicious and <laughs> i i was just eating it all <laughs> Yeah, like I, I'm a, I'm a gravy man. Like, I, there was a period in my life where I was basing my meals just around what I could have gravy with because I, I, I just love it. My wife caught me the other day just drinking gravy, like because what? we had, well, because we had um uh, sausage and mash with some peas and Yorkshire puddings, and afterwards, like, so my wife, um, I, I pour gravy over everything, but uh, my wife likes to be a bit more selective with how she uh, has her gravy. So we serve her gravy in like a little cup. And then she could, with a spoon, that she can just sort of like spoon out and just sort of spoon gravy when she needs it. You know, it's pretty right. simple doing it. As opposed to me, it's just like just pour gravy over everything. She didn't finish off the gravy. So when I took it, I took the the trays out to the kitchen. I just stood there and I was like, I'm just going to finish this off. So no gravy down the hatch. Oh, it was great. 
I can't see. I don't like, I mean, I like gravy, but I don't think enough to put it over everything. I think it's just one of, I have gravy once a year, really. <laughs> oh, no. I have, I, I have gravy pretty much every single Sunday. Bloody love me some gravy. Do you like gravy more than ketchup? Oh, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we can't be friends anymore, Luke. This friendship <laughs> is over. This friendship is dead over. It's done. We had a good run. Good day. <laughs> Team ketchup all the way. I love ketchup. But, like, I put ketchup on everything. Like, my eggs, my, you know, whatever else needs ketchup. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just because I'm British. I'm a brown sauce kind of guy. Like, if I'm having, uh, like, breakfast of a the morning, then that needs requires a sauce. It is usually brown sauce. HP Fruity is my, is my go-to. Um, I'm not really – I am I think ketchup's – grand and all i'll like have ketchup in a burger but i also have that with mustard um and i kind of prefer the must i will say i prefer like american mustard to any other type of mustard but i think that's that's much better but i much prefer that over ketchup i can't believe this my heart is broken and i'm not a fan of mustard so i'm all team ketchup like i'm team ketchup buttermilk honey mustard thousand island sauce um oh i'm already i'm forgetting my sauces i was trying to name them all and then i they i forgot them all <laughs> Thousand Island's a great show. So also oh, honey, yeah. honey mustard is brilliant. Like that's oh, a yeah. really good show. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, do you go like burger sauce is like my other go-to? Love burger sauce. Isn't it just what's your burger sauce? As ours is just like Thousand Island and like ketchup. Let's see, burger sauce. I think it's actually pretty much similar. Let's see, what is in? Uh, it's got a served with French fries. Da, 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 da. It's a combination of tomato ketchup, two parts mayonnaise, and variations with other additional ingredients to the basic recipe. So yeah, it's basically just ketchup Interesting. Interesting. Oh, it's good though. I like that. I have that with my pizza. Like that's my pizza of choice. <laughs> oh, so you dip your pizza too in something? Oh, dude. I mean, I've not got involved in your arguments with Sean over like dipping pizza, but yeah, like I mean, over here though, dipping pizza is a pretty natural thing because like every pizza place gives you dips. Yes, it's pizza. such a natural thing. They promote it here on the commercials. Like Papa John's comes out, they're promoting dipping your pizza in ranch. It's a natural thing to do here, but apparently for some people, it's like really weird. Yeah, no, dealers. Like it's a it's pretty much the only thing you can do i mean i i, I do it again particularly with a crust i like a thick crust i don't Ooh, like yeah. i i like a deep pan pizza like i want as much like bread in it as possible love that I, so last night i was recording a podcast um and it overran like we were recording for four hours and my wife didn't realize we were doing a double taping so she ordered a pizza without me she ordered a pizza on her own and did she like save you any she did not. <gasps> That's savage. Yep, she ordered a pizza on her own. Granted, she knew that I wouldn't like it either because it had blue cheese on it. And I do not like oh, blue yeah, cheese. Oh, yeah. I don't like blue cheese either. I second you like, on that one. Smells like feet. I'm not, I'm not putting that in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and, smells like feet and butt. And I'm not having that. <laughs> the feet and butt yeah never eat blue cheese it's awful i eat blue cheese one time and like i think i threw up that night oh it's not not great at all yeah so she had pizza without me but by the time i'd finished my podcast i couldn't order pizza it's gonna get too late i couldn't wait another 45 minutes then eat pizza and then try to go to bed so i just had to have a little like sausage like uh wrap thing that i made but all, all the time i could think i was like i didn't get to have pizza but my wife did that is so sad like I don't understand how there wasn't like a big blowout argument. I would have been livid. Oh, I mean, I, I felt like I was, I, I felt like I had not con 
communicate the fact that I was doing a double taping of my podcast, which is why then she had to eat on her own. And it was just sad that I didn't get to eat with her, really. That's, but, but you know top- what, though? If I was your wife, I would probably do the exact same thing. I'd be like, he's taking long. Like, I ain't going to wait for him. I'm going to eat my food, and I don't care what he does. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're if I'm on your end, then I'm gonna be pissed because I'm like, what the heck? You didn't give me any pizza. So like I would do what she did and then I would be mad about you. <laughs> <laughs> uh right, before we go, what's your plans for the weekend? Uh try to get some work done and not be lazy this weekend because I'm like getting in the holiday mode and that Uh-oh. is not good. Not good. So I'm staying busy, trying to stay busy. Yeah, are you are you planning on taking December off basically? I mean, I hope not, but I'm like I should be working like I should be working Saturdays and I've been taking Saturdays off. And so that's a no, no. I need to start working Saturday, especially if I'm going to be the hardest working person in, in, in infotainment. I can't take Saturdays off. Okay. Well, anyway, that's all we've got time for on this edition of the podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you again, uh, Denise, for being on this show. It's my favorite show of the week. Uh, Have a great weekend, everyone. Pete and Randy will be back tomorrow with the SmackDown review. So take care. Enjoy that. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.